man, if you just communicated for text and just checked in on people or referenced a stock or did something like, they actually think you're going to care instead of the guy that they just name they see on their statement every month is, or quarter as it may be. And so I think a lot of people... Yeah, well, like, well, I don't believe in email marketing. I was like, all right, well, I'll make money and you can't. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today in studio, I've got joining me Jesse Shishinger, and he is called himself, he self-proclaimed the laziest salesperson in America, as the as well as vice president of sales for a company called Encore Sales Engagement. It is a CRM platform. Jesse is very passionate about leveraging technology and automation to surpass revenue targets so he can help uh, protect golf and bar time for the salespeople of the world. Jesse won an annual sales award, uh, two different Fortune 500 companies. He has 20 years of sales experience, began in in the outbound call center where he averaged 450 calls a day or per week rather and he blew by his quota by 297 percent so unsurprisingly he moved into the field of sales where he traveled 300 days a year uh, convincing the biggest companies in the united states to open their wallet he now spends his time educating sales leaders to utilize their most effective sales tool in the world and co-host the mediocre podcast tech sales so i'd like to welcome jesse to the real marketing real fast podcast podcast today. So, hey, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today, Jesse. Super excited to have you on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you. I appreciate it. Well, and I know in the beginning, we're talking about kind of your role and your superpower. And, and uh, although the the podcast is real marketing real fast, marketing is no good if at the other side, you don't have sales. So um, as I mentioned to you, I like to have a foot in, in both camps. So that uh, kind of makes the world go around. Do you want to share a little bit of your background and, and kind of, you know, what you do and how you do it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's it's funny we talk about the marketing and sales relationship and to me sales always gets back to fishing in one regard or another. It's like the marketing team is like, "Hey, there's a plot over there." And then the sales team's job is to actually get the fish in the boat, right? So, most of my <laughs> yeah. expertise is around how we get those fish in the boat and to tell you a little bit about my background, largely a professional peddler. I've had almost all the sales jobs one can possibly have. I started out um, in a call center, we're doing 450 calls a week, just smashing through the phone, dial for dollars type environment. I have done the field sales where you're on the road 300 days a week and then, or 300 days a week, 300 days a year, as well as uh, doing some of the SDR technology, the um, software type stuff, and then leadership and management and all that kind of thing. And largely, you know, what, what I've gained is an experience on how to really do a lot more with very little and how we can leverage technology to do that. And I think what I'm most passionate about is as a sales guy, Doug, I am probably one of the lazier ones you know. I despise putting stuff into a CRM. I despise doing the follow-up paperwork. I don't like doing any of that stuff. And so I've always been on the hunt to uh, to try to limit that and try to limit my efforts overall 
so that I can just get through the sale as quickly as possible. Yeah, I did read that, that it says that you were the laziest salesperson in America. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's cool because you're obviously making lots of money. So it goes against the uh, goes against the common, uh, the Instagram post saying grind, grind, grind. You're saying, no, let's be smarter and uh, convert sales opposed to beating your head against the wall. Yeah, I'm a big fan of both beer and golf. And so if I grind too much, I won't allow time for those. <laughs> and they go well together, beer and golf. <laughs> they really do. They really do. So what are the issues that you see in the marketplace today? So for, you know, many of our uh, listeners, they have a they have a CRM or they've tried a CRM or in my case, I've tried several CRMs. My clients all use different products. And at the end of the day, you know, I just don't have very many conversations with people say, man, I love the system we've got in place. It regularly produces leads. Our sales guys love it and things are going well. Yeah. And the thing is, is that by and large, you're going to find a lot of similarities amongst software and solutions out in the market. There's going to be everything's doing, everybody's doing the same thing uh, to a certain extent, um, maybe with a little bit of twist. And there's a lot of what I would say are specialty tools, right? Where you have like, this is, you know, we have Salesforce for our CRM and maybe SalesLaw for automation. And we got MailChimp for email and we got you know, Calendly for our calendar, like there's lots of SaaS solutions out there. And, you know, I know from listening to your podcast that you provide your listeners with tons of information on, you know, I think you had Matthew Dunn talking about like email engagement and um, you had a lady talking about their video content, the messaging, and there's all these great tactics and information we can use. And for me, what I'm trying to do is I want to use all those tactics and I use them in one place so that I can see when and where to use them and kind of have a compass, so to speak, on when I should be using tools at once. And what we're trying to do, and shameless plug at OnCourse, um, is that create a situation where we can have all of these features and functionalities into one thing so that we can really get a clear picture of how our messaging is going, is it delivering, is it landing to the audience that we want it to land on? And just as good as the content itself is, is really the timing. Like timing's everything. And the goal to just put that all together so that we can really just make all of the business owners and salespeople's lives easier. I mean, that's what I'm really trying to do at the end of the day. Well, and I saw something interesting looking at your bio, uh, which ties into a passion of mine, which is email. And one of the questions that was there was, does email still work? And I saw that your platform not only combined email, which many people have said is dead, it combines text and SMS, which people before they said email was dead, they said texting was dead. And now you have guys like Gary V selling out entire wine collections using a simple text messaging platform every single day, seven days a week, they sell out blocks of inventory. <laughs> I mean, anyone that tells you email is dead doesn't understand how amazing the ROI on email is. Like you can well, maybe we shouldn't tell them. Let's just keep that a secret <laughs> yeah, so we like, can make we can make money and then keep working. I mean, we can go. I'm just telling you, like when it comes to to an ROI, email is the best thing on planet Earth. Because sure. So Doug, I wake up in the morning 
I get up and I don't know why I smile when I do it, but I erase anywhere from 15 to 20 emails <laughs> that I can just, I have a rolling tally in the morning when I wake up and crushing those 15 to 20 makes me feel better. Um, That's why you don't, you never respond to me. Now I get it. Okay. <laughs> um, but occasionally somebody switches through and I don't know, I don't know why would you, but there is an organization called Topo that puts out a report on, and I'm not sure you're familiar with it or not, but on all these outreach type things, right? And to give you kind of like a highlight, right? So if it's if you're trying to do complete cold outbound in today's world, it's going to take 14 to 16 touches. Those touches are going to have to be a variety of calls, email, LinkedIn, sometimes chat. And it's going to take almost 21 days. And that's what we know over surveying like 240 businesses. And so you, it's, you're going to need combinations because we have created... Like back in the day, I was cold calling and I just knew you do this many calls, you get this many leads and things will go. Now I go out to our sales floor and it's silent. And a couple of years ago, that would have made me extremely nervous. Now, (laughs) um, now I know that like when they're calling, they're lost for like two to three minutes on a phone tree, you know, just trying to get to a person that maybe they can leave a voicemail with. And so we've created all these different communication channels and we have to navigate how people want to be communicated to. And so we've got to test a lot of waters and we need a machine that can help us test those waters so we know how our particular audience is going to engage. So how do you develop that sort of thinking in an organization? Because, you know, lots of people have a CRM and I think they use it as a like a glorified database. So they put all their leads in there and then they still use it for sending out some cold emails and or just some cold outreach telephone calls. So how do you actually build engagement into your sales process? So when somebody enters at one point at the other end, they, they leave a happy customer and haven't given you their credit card number. Yeah. So how our system works is we we really combine a CRM with um, a sequencing or drip tool um, and then some strong reporting and analytics behind it. And so you'll have the opportunity because most CRMs, to your point, is the contact list. It's, you know, and, and by and large, a lot of people they don't know what they don't know about the CRM. And so maybe it has a bunch of things that they could use. Um, at OnCourse, I know our position is we do free training for a year to help guide people to make sure they're getting the the, uh, the juice out of the system. But you, you want to spend, take the time to do the training and understand what the system's capable of. And you want to find a system that will monitor not just your contacts, but also the communication and give you some, you know, like you've all seen like, HubSpot or MailChimp or one of those guys where you can see like the opens, clicks, stuff like that, yep. replies. And so you want to take that information and then it's really fun because if you have a system like OnCourse, you can tweak messaging. So here's a really good story that will kind of land the point. And actually, I think one of your previous guests might have talked about it. But I, the first time somebody sent me an email that had a video embedded in it and that had this girl with a sign that said Jesse waving. And I was like, wow, that's next level marketing right there. Like A plus for her, need to hire her immediately. But I was so enthralled and I took or told our entire sales team to go hammer people with video emails. Like we're doing this, it's genius. But I did it all as the first message and nobody had ever seen our email before or anything like that. And it, it totally landed on its face and we didn't get 
anywhere with it. And so uh, I was like, what the heck, man? Like, this works so awesome on me. What are we doing wrong? And so we started tweaking. And then we, we quickly recognized that if the emails were going out, the first six were getting deleted. And if we put in that seventh or eighth position, all of a sudden, now the open rate goes. Now the engagement starts happening. And the same thing with uh, LinkedIn. I'm sure that a bunch of your listeners probably market on LinkedIn. You've had experts on LinkedIn before. I mean, LinkedIn, in my opinion, should be the very first move that every SDR in the country does. Introduce yourself so that they can see a name and a face next to it, and your success rate goes up dramatically. So how are you guys tying that into your sales process then? Just walk us through so we understand what you mean. Yeah. So so in addition to kind of the sequencing stuff, our tool, so I'll just walk you through exactly how we sell. Sure. Our tool, we have a Chrome plugin that works with OnCourse. And so we go, we have a certain filter in our decision makers that we filter for, and we look them up on LinkedIn and we can kind of hit that Chrome plugin, which will capture a list of those people and their LinkedIn URLs. And as, as much as you're going to hear me preach automation, personalization is also extremely important. And there's places that you can get away with templates and there's places that you can't. In my opinion, LinkedIn is not a place where you can get away with templates. If you get a message in LinkedIn that has like two or three paragraphs, it's like, dude, I know you didn't just write that for me. Like, I know <laughs> that this was a copy and paste. Yeah. Like, you're losing two or three sentences. Like, all right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, maybe it took some time. So with ours, we start with that. We hit the LinkedIn. We follow up in two days. We're trying to connect. We follow up with a message after we get connection cast. After that, we throw them into an email slash call campaign. We, we're constantly fine tuning our process. And one of the one of the greatest things is that we had a very mature business. So our mother company is called Sibtech. We had a very mature sales force, but we had to start a brand new sales force on the Encore side. And nothing's scarier than trying to hire people when you don't know exactly what you train them to do is going to work. <laughs> and one of the things that we had to... That's called, that's called testing. <laughs> yeah. It's like better to test with like two guys than like 10, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Turns out uh, seven guys with shovels digging in the wrong spot isn't doesn't help the team. No, that's right. <laughs> but so it really like this analytics allowed us to to get that secret sauce, so to speak, and put that together. And then it's all about amplifying. And that's where automation is amazing because once you've found a certain audience that likes to communicate a certain way, you can double down and just repeat the process. So then why don't you share just a, a bit so our listeners get an idea of what sort of metrics and what sort of reporting you're, you're looking at? Because so many times um, I've been guilty of it and I see other people do the same thing where we have these tools, whatever the tool is, uh, whether it's, um, you know, something we're posting on social with, something we're, you know, like you said, we're using LinkedIn or we're using canned responses to so our VAs posting. Like my VA posts a, a canned welcome message to people that basically says, hey, you know, after she approves you to make sure you're a real person, basically says, hey, great to connect. I'm on LinkedIn to build relationships. Um, so if you want to connect with me, you know, pitch me, that's fine, but at least understand what my business is. Um, so some of the stuff we do this can. So what are you guys seeing on the back end? Like you said, um, find out what resonates with your audience. So you're using LinkedIn calling social SMS. So you obviously got some good analytics. Yeah. So um, I'll share with you the one thing I just want to point out since you brought it up was uh, we certainly do not do any cold outreach with SMS. <laughs> so okay. That's, uh, no, no, that's, that's against the law. That's yeah. A, yeah. That's a, we, we do a lot of it for customer retention 
And it's an yeah. awesome tool for that. Especially trade shows. We're giving away an Apple TV at three o'clock. Come out booth. Um, SMS is good for that kind of stuff. But so when we look, we find that generally speaking, like I said, you need to, we found that call, email, and LinkedIn are the three best ways to communicate with people. And the order of that being basically LinkedIn messaging, then you put in, you filter out email and calling. And so if I were to give you like an example of a plan, so to speak, that's been highly effective for us. And I think you mentioned it, you know, as you said, like you're there to connect, you're not there to get sold. Right. And anytime that you're going like one of the worst things that you can do is just download a list off of Zoom info or some other source and just upload into a thing and get jamming. Like, sure, it might and probably will produce some results, but you're about to automate and throw some real horsepower behind these leads. And so day one is really researching the lead. We don't mass put people into things. We go through and make sure that we have a target customer and then we throw the automation. And then, so let's put it this way, Doug, we don't beat up everybody. We find yeah, the guy we want, selective. we beat up him. Well, uh, <laughs> and I tell people and they say, well, what do you do? I say, well, you know, we, we find your, your ideal customer. I get a really big stick. I whittle down one hand. One end, I beat them over the head. I pick them up by the pant legs and I shake them upside down until all their money comes out. You know, are you okay with that approach? Yeah, I agree with you. We don't beat up everyone, just the people that we can help. Just the people we know that we have a, they have a problem that we can solve. Absolutely. And so part of it, like day one, our guys do pre-call research. And then we also typically at the point we have a basic case study. And so we are sniffers on a problem that we know we can solve for a specific industry. And so we put that model again. And so we do a lot in the first day. So the first day you're getting a lot of Jesse, right? You got a voicemail, you got email, and you got probably a LinkedIn inmail, right? Yeah. For example, day two, I'm following up. I'm going to hit you with another voicemail, another email. Then I'm going to give you a little bit of time to breathe. Maybe I'm going to share an article about a problem that I think you might have. And then we're throwing you into that automated sequence. And so I just want to make sure that I'm answering your question specifically enough. And so the click, you know, the, the open rates we see is that like with email alone, you get 2%. Throw in a phone call, you get 12%. Throw in LinkedIn, and you're not going to believe this, but we are up to like 18, 19%. Wow. These are people that are engaging. These aren't people I'm selling. They're not people I'm closing. But when I th I'm out here throwing the ball to people, and these are people that are actually throwing all back. Yep, that's cool. Those are crazy, crazy numbers. So, you're, do you see all those metrics in in your platform? So, while I'm, I, you know, as a sales manager, from looking at this, I can actually see, you know, how many emails have gone out, how many phone calls, and how many LinkedIn connections. So, I can actually visualize that and see who's producing and who's not. Yeah. So, and or, or what's working. Yeah. So, we have a big reporting on the back end that you can kind of quarterback. And the cool thing about it is, not only am I get to see what message is working, I get to see the timing of that message, how effective it's been, and as I'm a smart sales manager, I probably have groups of people doing a couple different things to kind of A-B test yeah. the messaging. And so you get to see all that, but then all of a sudden, you also will let you, you'll see these click rates and you'll see some of these things going. And furthermore, if you're like me, Doug, I'm just out here riding other people's coattails, right? Lots of brilliant people out in the world. Yeah. And so like we find our best salespeople, we find out what they're doing it. And our software shows you what your winners are doing, and you can duplicate that to the rest of the team. 
and get all of them. Like one, you know, one of our SDRs, a young lady, uh, Kenzie, had this little message on LinkedIn and before like, man, you got four demos in one day? It's like, everybody switch, you know? Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's There's lots of cool stuff with that. Um, and you just kind of, duplicate and and you get lots of really uh lots of really cool numbers to just play with and as most of us are becoming more and more just you know analytical um it's let sales is there will always be an art form to it in my opinion my dad was a career sales guy and he despises the fact that i think computers can do this like he's one of those guys that like handshake full suit scarf the whole nine yards yeah. um all over <laughs> all over the city and just hates the fact of everything I do technology wise. We have a we have really fun things getting arguing on who's selling more. But that's that's funny. <laughs> but uh we um you know it, it's getting more analytical and you can dial it down to a science and you really can see the numbers and see things working. And it gives I know for me when I go I, I take hiring very, very seriously. And so when I want to go bring on four people knowing that and I don't know how many of your listeners might be in the software business or other businesses where you kind of have that SDR to AE type relationship, but knowing that I can bring on a SDR off the street and train them, like first of all, SDRs, I'm sure you've had a million people say it, but they are only as good as you train them. You have to train them for success. You have to get them. And they're the number one part of our company. But I can confidently tell them, this is my expectation of how many demos you can get. And then they see it and then they get more confident. And it's just a beautiful thing that takes place. Well, that's interesting because I've worked in sales for different companies before I went off my own. And it's funny how often the sales manager doesn't really know what the numbers are. So it's like, well, if you if you make this many calls, you'll get this many presentations and make these many sales. And then very quickly, the sales team figures out whether or not they really know what's going on and they have you know some analytics on it. Um, so I agree with you. It makes, it makes your, your um, hiring process easier because you can show them I have a proven system. So given the choice of, you know, uh, working for one company where here's the phone book or here's a system that produces leads. I mean, you have a system that, that, that you know, duplicatable that produces leads obviously is a, a much more fun environment to be in. Yeah, well, and knowing that you have a system put in place where you can actually push people, um, because if you set a high bar that nobody hits, say bye-bye to that sales team. Like you're going to have them fooled for a while. But if you can't actively hit the post of this is how much output I think I can get, but I need it to be achievable. I need to know that I need them to know that they can do this. And then you can slowly through that. I mean, when I'm talking to business owners about our software, I'm like, what I'm doing is helping you raise quotas because we're going to put so much stuff behind them that what you thought you could do, you're going to do a lot more. And you're going to be able to have a happy team because they're going to be coming really close to their numbers or just over. You, we need to work in a place like anytime I hear, and I'm sure, Doug, you've heard some of this, like he hit, you know, 180% of quota. It's like, well, he's either a rock star or that was a pretty low, pretty low bridge to step over. Yeah. yeah. So like you want to see those numbers between, you know, 98 and 102. But uh, yeah, no, it's you get it, it helps with everything. Understanding the numbers, understanding the in from a training perspective, you know, doing the due diligence, getting that thing, and like I said, get your process locked in. Every business is going to be to a degree a little a special little snowflake. What works for us might not work in the exact same manner, but largely people are being used to communicate. And you know, Doug, I actually have a question for you. I know that you 
how how upset are you when somebody tries to reach out on LinkedIn to try to sell you something? Oh, actually, maybe I shouldn't ask that because I don't want a bunch of people exploding your. No, <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't have any problem at all. Um, I have no problem with people reaching out to me to sell me on LinkedIn at all. I'm on. It's a business platform, and I'm on there for business. The problem I have is when you reach out and and tell me that you're going to help my law firm re- reach more better retainers, and I'm clearly a marketing firm. Or I just had somebody say they help renovation companies get more clients. It's like, do I look like I'm in the renovation business? Podcaster, author, email marketing. Well, so that's the problem I have because they've wasted they've wasted their time. Um, so if if your company, anyone in your company, or anyone listening to this podcast looked at my profile and looked at what I do and the clients I serve and they have a product, a service, a solution they think can help me, then I'd say do me a big favor and reach out. I spend most of my days looking for good partners to work with. And that's the reason I set up my podcast was how can I find really smart guys like you, Jesse, to have on my podcast, learn what you're doing so I can see is what you're doing a good fit for my clients or my business. So I tell people it's really a long form interview while I'm, I'm scrutinizing potential <laughs> vendors for my clients. So that's that I go to great lengths to find really smart people. So if you can find me on LinkedIn, you think you can serve me, reach out. Well, and the and, a, and I think Doug that lots of people share that same sentiment, and that's why we've we've been so happy with our LinkedIn results uh, because with like like I said, I started off at Telus Telesales many moons ago, and people are not pleased. They have no problem hanging up on you and offering a few choice words on the way out. LinkedIn. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because your picture's there. Maybe it's because everyone knows the real person. But you get a lot of polite no's and you get a lot of maybes and like a sure, tell me more, or maybe I want to commit. Maybe I don't want to commit. And timing that right. And there's certainly a dance to be done there where, you know, I mentioned before, like you can use templates and you can use some of that stuff to help you in an email situation. We have our guys, we call it the two by two, which is not something I made up. It's something pretty well known. Um, But you take two minutes and hit two points that make it personal. And you kind of just, my approach to LinkedIn is people are going to take the time to read this. This We know we're getting directly to our person we want to talk to. There's no receptionist, no voicemail. They may or may not check. So let's be respectful of that and put in a messaging that they make sense. And then eh, I'm not going to tell you, you're not going to get some follow-up template emails from me. There's going to be some of that. Yep. yep. But we, we take the LinkedIn portion very seriously just because everyone's been very respectful and we're going to do the same. Well, and the other thing you need to do is follow up. So I look at people's first interaction with me is likely the very best service I'm ever going to get was when you're prospecting. So whatever your first introduction is, I assume that once I give you money, it's going to stay the same or get worse. So I have people pitch me on LinkedIn. I, great. Someone asked me just the other day, hey, are you looking for this service? I went, yeah, actually, I'm searching right now. Cricket, cricket, never heard back. So that's that. That's okay. I'll find someone else. And so, so yeah, and Doug. Let me hit that point real quick because when you're selling on LinkedIn, and this is something that some of your listeners might have experienced, and this is why I told you that we have a um, Chrome plugin that helps in the LinkedIn. If you're actually actively prospecting on LinkedIn, if you're trying to manage your inbox by how many people to do that follow up. Good luck. You're going to be scrolling down for days as it refreshes to give you the next 10, then the next 10, (laughs) then the next 10. It is a nightmare scenario. Like, absolutely. 
our tool, it captures what you're doing. We cap we capture the LinkedIn URL. And so we, it manually sets a task for you to go back and reach out to that person again. And so it solves that whole like, oh, when did I talk to Douglas? Like, has it been two days? Has it been three weeks? Because it is hard to manage selling on that platform. Oh, no, ab- absolutely. And lots of times it's it's my fault because my LinkedIn fills up and I have messages go through. So I actually have a VA and that's all she does is go through my LinkedIn and said anything that looks like, you know, it's a good fit for me to have a conversation, someone pitching, put it into my Slack channel and I'll follow up because it fills up so quickly with other stuff. So, yeah, it's it's tough to manage. So I want to ask you another question because I saw I saw something in your background for OnCourse that said, you know, what's the difference between CRM and sales engagement or engagement platform? So I don't want. I want to make sure that our listeners get a clear picture of, you know, what that is and kind of where you guys fit. Yeah. So the first time I told somebody that we're sales engagement platform, they're like, oh, cute. You can make up words for CRM. (laughs) And I was like, I promise it's not all pixie dust. It's not. And so here's, here's the real difference as I see it. A CRM is a tool that lets you store your contacts it helps you manage your pipeline. It gives you great customer retention because you can store notes and things about your account and contacts. Uh, where the engagement thing puts in is the communication built into it. So OnCourse has inside of it, it has a phone system. It's got a dialer. And that dialer has several different things, everything from doing auto-dropped uh, voicemails to giving us a lot of analytics on how much call time, sentiment analysis, all that cool stuff. Fair warning, sentiment analysis portion isn't done until March. We're on like we're on the first release of four releases. So the uh, it also has, like I said, the SMS function. Again, strongly recommend for retention efforts only, um, things of that nature. You email out of it. Cool thing about the tool is when you're emailing in and out of it, it syncs automatically with, you know, because some people, let's face it, they're married to their Outlook or they're married to their Gmail or they're like, we're not, we don't think we're going to sync the putt of getting people to move over to OnCourse for their email, but we did make sure that it syncs no matter where you're coming. It'll sync with that address. And so it automatically stores that information um, and the information goes back out. It's a document storage tool that stores the files, quotes, all that kind of stuff inside the profile. But then you marry that on top of not only having those abilities to email LinkedIn, phone, and SMS, but then you put that into, uh, we refer to them as sequences or cadences. You put that into a cadence and um, the cadence tool, I think people don't always use the best way. Like they maybe set up like a, like a seven to nine email drip and just walk away. Uh, we put a lot of thought into our cadences. Like we even have like an onboarding one that's strictly internal where you throw somebody in it and it pops out seven tasks that have to be done within a certain time window that need to get done in order to onboard a customer. And so we know that we're checking every single box as they come through and that nobody falls through the cracks in our onboarding process. But our outbound efforts, we are really kind of capturing, you know, this is when we follow up, this is when we go, and it's it's managing what time we do things. And so literally, laziest sales guy in the America, all I have to do, I walk in, I see the inbox, I do my couple things, and then I'm done. And the machine's doing the rest. And it really just kind of guides me down. I don't have to think. I don't have to remember. I did all my thinking one day, and now I just kind of cruise through. <laughs> So you have a mobile app when you're on the golf course? Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) 
okay. on silent. <laughs> on silent, good man. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, so you are a golfer. Okay, good. You got that. Absolutely. So in terms of you know kind of where this space is going in the next you know twelve months. I mean, the five years is a ridiculous goal, but in the next six to twelve months, what are you most excited about? I am. So there's two things that I think are really cool. One, which scares some people, but it's sentiment analysis. Okay. And sentiment analysis is basically, people like to use the word AI. It's, it's a little much. It's a really big, powerful algorithm that kind of takes the tone. So Doug, one might say that we're having a pleasant conversation and it's going to say like, okay, when Jesse talked to Doug, it was pleasant. Um, Doug seemed like he was in a good mood and he might be, we're going to give this call this rating, right? Yep. And then we have this, I like to poke fun of him when I'm on these things. Our CEO, Cash, let's say that Cash talks to Doug and has a miserable time. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's say that he has an awful experience. And so like, okay, well, that's not good. Well, then not only is it taking the sentiment off that call, but then it's going to also calculate all the activities that went before that call, all that activities that are going to go after that call and really show you where the buyer's truly at in the journey. Okay. And I think that's some really cool. Anyone who's ever managed a pipeline, like we kind of play this finger in the air game of, I think we're 60% there, boss, or yeah, you know, yeah. we're 75% closed. All that is about to go out the window. That guessing game is going to get really solid and we're going to be able to be really structured like, hey, this this guy's at the end of the buyer's journey and it's our deal to lose at this point. I think we're going to get really sophisticated on that. Um, I think we're going to get really sophisticated with how we're reaching out to people and the messaging and the analytics behind that. I think we're just scratching the surface uh, between me and my competitors on what's possible there in that space. I think we're gonna see a lot of really cool stuff where everything we do, and I, I know I'm on the Real Fast Marketing, <laughs> Real Marketing, Real Fast podcast, so I'm not gonna hate on the marketers because it's bad for my business. <laughs> um, but you will be able to take, instead of this big cast and net approach, starting to get pretty rifle shot yeah. with, with who you're after. And I think those things are gonna get more and more accurate as technology improves. Why I don't see why that'd be bad for marketers. I love digital marketing. There's no place to hide. It's highly analytic, and you know, as a marketer, my goal is 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 to generate revenue, uh, which includes you know, the the client providing a product and the sales guy selling it. So I think that's great. I, for me, that's great. That's great news. I would like to know how to take a rifle shot. What I don't like is when I work with somebody and say, "How are the leads?" And they go, "They're all." They're all bad. I said, okay, so they all, they all bad? Well, no, I had two bad ones this week. Okay, so where did they come from? Did you track them? Nope. Well, okay, then we can't get rid of the bad leads. So I would love to know where the bad leads come from because we can fire that advertising and not use it again. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that stuff, um, and this is not my expertise, but our team does it. But there's, I mean, the technology around tracing how people got to you. Yep. Um, and I don't, I'm like way off here. I shouldn't, so don't ask me any questions about this. But I just know it's getting really better because when I see our reports of our traffic and all that kind of stuff, it gets, it's starting to get really cool. Yeah, we track every lead to every, every platform, even right to the ad. So if you say, I had those two bad leads, all I'd ask you for, what are the two lead numbers? And I can tell you where those guys came from. Oh, they came from that video on Facebook. So let's take a look at that and see whether we should keep doing that or not. 
Well, you know that really kills the the age old argument between marketing and sales. I'm like, was it a smoking good lead or was it a great sales guy? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, and I like the sentiment analysis as well because I I don't I don't think you should shy away from that. I mean, if you think about it as a consumer, if we're having a conversation and for whatever reason, you know, I find most clients, you know, or not most clients. Let me rephrase that before my email does blow up. A lot of <laughs> a lot of people will lie about their pain points. So if AI can help weed through that and 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 get rid of the people who aren't, you know, a prospect for me, that's good for them, it's good for me, it saves everybody time and move the people who need the attention to the to the spotlight. Again, I think it's good it's good for them. So I'm not I'm not entirely afraid of sentiment analysis or uh, the AI that's coming in that assists sales. We're not manipulating people. You're you're trying to work with people who are qualified that you can help and the ones who aren't, you don't want to work with them because they have other things they should be doing. Yeah, or they they feel that they've solved their problem, and so yep. you want to focus the you know the marketing dollars you have in the right area. No doubt about it. So, what's some of the bad advice that you hear in your space? <sighs> so we're on the golf on the golf course. We're finished around a golf. We're sitting in the clubhouse, having a few uh, a few beers, looking at the sunset, and uh, there's a bunch of guys sitting around talking about CRM, Salesforce automation, and all that sort of stuff. What do they, what's the stuff that makes you cringe? I well, we already kind of hit on one is which I love when people tell me that email doesn't work. <laughs> and uh, especially when it has a 100% open rate, the SMS, like I'm like, like you understand, like there's, there's so many businesses out there. And uh, this was a real conversation I had. Um, and this particular gentleman had a financial advisory firm, right? Yeah. And gentlemen in these kind of areas, like, they have like maybe like a couple guys that are like the huge book of the business and there's like a hundred 401ks or I'm sorry, IRAs that they're managing. Yeah. And it's like, man, if you just communicated for text and just checked in on people or referenced a stock or did something like they actually think you're going to care and consider the guy that they just name they see on their statement every month is or quarter as it may be. And so I think a lot of people... Yeah, well, like, well, I don't believe in email marketing. I was like, all right, well, I'll make money and you can't. Like, I don't believe it. So that stuff's extremely frustrating. I also think that, and this might be a little bit controversial, but I'm a firm believer that the salesman's job is coming behind a desk. And I don't, I mean, there are certain industries where sales guys do need to look, touch, feel in order to sell the product. But I think we're going to see a lot more people working inside. And when you offer somebody a account executive position that's fully inside, there's a stigma around that that's like, oh, he probably can't make any money. I'm like, no, I think you can crush it and without a travel budget. And uh, in most cases, and there's going to be some of it, but those are, I guess that's one of those annoying things, but not as relevant to my space, so to speak. But uh, as it applies to CRMs, you know, the, there's tons of them. There really is like a bunch of them. And I would just say, find out what your core need for it is and then find round peg, round hole, right? Just because everybody's using Salesforce, does, it does, might not be the biggest tool for you. You might have something that has specific needs to your business. And I would demo a lot and look at it. And this actually doesn't help my business very much, but I would say shop around and make sure you know what's out there. Well, it makes sense. And one of the things I heard you say that I thought was very interesting was we spend a year, we invest a year with our clients to train them. 
And I, I heard somebody speaking, uh, you know, with a similar uh, belief system around uh, selling courses online. So you're taking responsibility to make sure their clients use the tool that they bought. I mean, lots of people are just happy to get a monthly licensing fee or an annual licensing fee, and they don't care if you ever log in because uh, I bought those programs and never heard from them ever again. They they've never said, hey, I see you bought an annual license and you never logged in once. It's, you know, then you cancel and they go, sorry to see you go. It's like, well, if I had used it and maybe I just needed a kick in the butt from you to use it, I, I would still be there. <laughs> well, and then another thing that kind of like a lot of these CRMs, I like take it like I, I call it the workout gym approach, sign them up and hope they never use it. <laughs> I, yeah. we're, we're taking kind of an opposite stance in the fact that, uh, selfishly, I want to get so sticky to your business that you wouldn't ever think of leaving me. Yeah. And I want to have so much value there that you'll never want to leave. And for us, two things surprise people. One, they get assigned a client, a client success associate. That's like a real person and always answers the phone and you're emailing them specifically. There's no help at whatever. Um, we try to put that again. This is a tool created by a sales guy. I'm very customer centric. And so we have that kind of, we got the staff to be able to, to do that. And so you, you get a real person that talks to, you go through an awesome implementation plan. We find we're, we're actually going to, one of the other things in to, not to go too on, I'll be brief, but why we got to this point that we created this tool was actually out of a problem. And that problem was not only tools were so crazy expensive and I didn't realize that like I was had five tools per man and it was, you know, almost like $400 a sales rep. I was like, what did I do here? There was that. But also um, we, we were a software development company and still are, but we... We had lots of people that had such specific business needs. And so we built a system that can be highly configurable. And so we want to find out what's going on with your business. And then we can do a lot in our system to niche down to what you need done. And, and that's another area where we're trying to stretch out because every business, even two different contractors have a little bit different thing going on. Well, and the other thing is that when you do that, I think when you help, in your case, help your customers be successful, it's going to be a lot easier to recommend your product. Is you know, the two conversations would be like, hey, you know, I'm working with OnCourse and I'm really seeing um, great results and I'd highly recommend that as somebody's asking or, hey, I signed up for this CRM system. Yeah, I don't know if it's any good. You know, our guys don't like to use it. So, you know, what, you know, what do you want the conversation to be when you're not in the room? Yeah, that's, that's critically important to us because it's scary. I'm swimming in the sea with lots of sharks <laughs> and people are, people are pretty tentative. Like, I don't know, man, you guys are coming out of nowhere. I don't know if we can trust you. And so we have to sell lots of trust first and referrals is the only way that I know to get past that, um, that objection. point. So how sure. old is, how old is your business? This, this business. So ZibTech, which is a software company that owns OnCourse, uh, we've been building software for 10 years. The OnCourse platform, uh, we brought in beta users in February and brought in commercial users in September is when we kind of launched. Yep. And it's been a pretty fun wave. We've brought in uh, 500 users since then in two short months, and it's been Crazy, man. It's been absolutely crazy. Well, I should I should have let you know why I was asking that question because yeah. I've had a number of conversations recently with a whole bunch of different groups around CRM. And my conversation has been, I, I'm sure glad I'm not in the legacy business. 
So, <laughs> right. I'm sure glad I'm not one of the big guys who have, have built this platform like 20 years ago and now have to play catch up and identify and add all this new functionality, including machine learning and automation and, and AI into a legacy system. I would much rather be onboarding a young company that's got the newest stuff. Like just imagine retrofitting in a Model T with a with a Tesla motor. Not not <laughs> not not so excited about that. More well, more more excited about ordering the new Tesla that 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 the motor is made for. Yeah, well, and I sometimes I look at it as like a you know. There's a big cruise ships out there, and we're a little speedboat. <laughs> we can we can maneuver and pivot um, for our customers. So, but yeah, so no. A couple, a a couple of big questions for you, then I'll let you I'll let you go back to doing what you like to do, um, golfing. I mean, helping your customers. Hey man, uh, be careful. I'm not very good at quizzes, so I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> I'm, I'm a C plus guy, Doug. Yeah, this is this is an easy question. Actually, the biggest thing I had to do is train train the staff not to tell people where you are. It's like I've had an appointment with Mr. Green. They're going, who's Mr. Green? I've never met him. It's like, just that's where I am. <laughs> um, so who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? I, you know, as you have you know, a strong marketing podcast, I think it would be cool to talk to Ian Reynolds. He's our head of our technical marketing and he can go in depth with the backlinks and really cool stuff like that on how to juice up SEO and things of that nature that I think that your listeners could benefit from for sure. Okay. Well, if you can uh, find him in your uh, system and send him a note and introduce me, that'd be great. Absolutely. Love to. And then the most important question, how can people learn more about you, your platform, your program? Well, I am relatively meaningless and I'm not going to bring much value to you, but our OnCourse solution, <laughs> you can go to tryoncourse.com and sign up for a demo there. Uh, what I would say is that if you mention the Real Marketing uh, Real Fast podcast, uh, that we will take 10% off of your uh, contract. And so that's another reason to, to make sure you mention the show. So the website, we're also, um, like I said, we're very active on LinkedIn. So you can check us out at OnCourse Sales Engagement Platform on LinkedIn. And you can email me at uh, Jesse. I'm Jesse with the G, G-E-S-S-I-E at tryoncourse.com if you have any questions. That's amazing. Hey, I just want to say thanks, Jesse, for taking the time. I enjoyed our conversation. Uh, we're a little bit far away for golfing. But yeah, if we get if we, where I am. Yeah, yeah. And it's raining where I am. So if we get close to someplace as warm, we should do that. So thanks for taking time and and, and just, uh, you know, sharing with our audience what you guys are doing, how you're helping people. Doug, really appreciate it. Thanks for what you do. It's it's awesome. Um, I've listened to a bunch of your stuff and it's fantastic. Thank you so much for letting me come on. No problem. Hey, listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you got a bunch of uh, notes out of this uh, episode. I know I've got a whole page of notes. I'm super excited. I'd like to become a lazier salesperson, generate more sales with less frustration. So I just want to uh, suggest head over to Jesse's page. I've looked through their website. It's pretty easy to navigate. There's lots of uh, information available there. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, don't be shy to share this episode and I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.